Hello there, everybody. Another week on tap. Lollygagger Sports, I am Bo Reed, along with Matthew Irby. We are down at Lollygagger tonight. Uh, so we won't be doing our time capsule there at the end at the end of the show. So um, we're just going to have to rock and roll without that. But it will be back next week once, once we have uh, – once we're back to full strength. But, uh, you know, Irby, I wanted to kick off with a little Molly Crew because, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I saw them live Sunday night. You know, they, they're on this South American tour. Now they're back. They were back for one night in Hollywood, Florida, which is about 45 minutes down the highway in a casino. And I'm still pumped from that show, so I thought I, I thought I would just bring out some Motley Crew to get us going. And with no time castle, you can't try and tell me that, that you know I was telling you the year because I was not. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah, well done, well done. Yeah, hey, you know, no good, good stuff. Glad you enjoyed the show. Um, Always like do. you said, yes, dead, down a lollygagger. Everyone know that, yes, Samantha will be missed. She's not here. She did not get Zeke Elliott and get cut because she's getting paid <laughs> too much. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, I, I, I can tell you, living in the Dallas area, that there are some concerns that Jerry is tied up somewhere. Yeah. Um, because the Cowboys have been actually making some smart moves <laughs> the last couple days. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm really glad we're in our football hiatus because I can't – I've been trying for the last – 24, 30-ish hours to properly articulate my reaction to what Dallas has been doing. And I'm not there yet. I can't, I can't, I don't know how this is happening, but you're right. They are actually making some pretty good moves, moves that are a little surprising. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll find out what happened to Jerry soon enough. You know, he, he did put out that statement about Zeke today, which everyone saw this coming. I mean, it's, this is, it's not a shock. Everyone knew that Zeke was going to be a cut because there's no way with the production that they were getting out of him that they were going to actually pay him that $10 million cap hit. So not a surprise, but, you know, we've got quite a bit of time before we talk about football again. Uh, but what we do have to do, though, Irby, before we get into our AO West preview is it's, it's that time. We just had a very thrilling weekend of college basketball. And I'll be honest with you, I watched I watched more basketball this weekend than I have in quite some time. I watched back-to-back-to-back games on Saturday, and I watched another couple before we went to the concert on Sunday. Now, is, is this going to magically make my bracket better? Of course not. Not a chance. In fact, it probably made it worse. <laughs> Because I started looking at teams differently than maybe I should have. Because they had a good Saturday and a good Sunday. So it probably made it worse. But we're going to get into where our brackets end up. Obviously, we're not going to go through every pick. Because that would take us three or four hours. And we don't have that kind of time. But I would like to know. And I will share mine with you as well. Uh, and next week, you know, what we can we can off the top. See what Samantha's final four is. But what is your final four? How does your bracket shake out this year? I, you know what, this is this is actually a fun tournament I'm looking forward to because we don't have, as we have in previous years, the big there, – there's not like somebody that should take care of business. You know, we look at – and it never happens. Now, last year was a great example. It was supposed to be Gonzaga's show, and the rest of us are just living in it, and then that didn't happen. So this one's fun because there isn't anybody pulling away. I mean, Alabama is the number one overall seed, and they are a solid, solid one seed. But in the South – I don't have them coming out of there. No, I'm 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 believing in the uh, the Pac-12 uh, champion Arizona Wildcats wow. to come out of the South. Um, really? I like Bama. I like Bama getting to that final that that Elite Eight game, but I have Arizona outdoing Alabama in that Elite game to, in the regional championship in the South. Ooh. Um, the the next one uh, we're going to go pure homerism. So I will tell you about everybody that should be doing well. It's a tough bracket in the Midwest. Houston is no joke. Houston is a legit basketball team. Houston will get past the Sweet Sixteen. Um, there's there is a little bit of concern. Watch this one if you like the if you like to have some fun there. Watch Miami. Mm-hmm. If Miami can survive Drake, which is not a slam dunk here. Drake's not a bad team, and I always love those twelves. Mm-hmm. Miami, their shooting ability could 
paying with Houston, and Miami could get Houston. I don't have that. I have Houston getting there, but I'm pure homerism in this one, and I've got my Longhorns mm-hmm. getting past Colgate, getting past a game that we are going to love between the Aggies and the Nittany Lions here, <laughs> um, and then surviving whatever comes there. I have the Longhorns taking out Houston, just the defense making the difference, coming out of the Midwest. Uh, down in the West, Another, man, this one's uh, a fun one here of the one, two, three, and four. Well, you want to talk about basketball royalty the last two decades. Kansas won, two, UCLA, three, Gonzaga, four, UConn. Mm -hmm. How many times have we said those names over and over again? I kind of hope it is those four just because that's fun basketball right there. But in the end, um, oh, boy, this is the Longhorn fan of me hates this. I've got Kansas coming out of there in the West. Um, I, I... I like UCLA as well. Gonzaga, I, that, I really hope Gonzaga-UCLA plays just because those have been the powerhouses out west all season. So it would be nice to see those two headed bang head-to-head. Um, but, yes, I've got Kansas surviving there. And in the east, you know, we've seen so many people run with the popular Duke pick. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, heard it. Everybody's loving Duke. And I like this Duke team. I just don't have Duke getting out of – the first weekend, I think Tennessee gets them. Really? Um, yeah, I, I I get it with Duke, and Duke could absolutely win this bracket. Um, but this one, oh man, this is you know the one I'm going to go out a little bit on a limb, and maybe it's a little bit of the Big Twelve was legit. Oh, you're going K State, aren't you? K State. <laughs> I've got three Big Twelve teams in the Final Four, so you know, in a heartbeat, I can't be the one there. Look, I like Purdue. Purdue's been one of the good teams all season. Uh, Purdue's red flags scare me, and it's what what kind of threw me off, and it's why I can see why Duke beating them, even Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I would not be overly shocked with what Purdue has and what they went through last season to see Purdue come out of here. Absolutely not. I'm just not going to pick it. <laughs> I just So, yeah, K-State. But um, in the end, uh, yeah, I've got the, uh, the Longhorns. And the Arizona Wildcats um, playing in the national championship. Oof. Wow. Okay. So there's there's just some nuanced differences here because I also have the winners of the South and Midwest in the championship game. I just I just differ with you on, on some of these. Uh, so let's start with that that South region. Uh, I have Alabama and Arizona. In the Elite Eight, I just have Alabama coming out of out of the South, so I have. That'd Alabama. be a fantastic basketball game if we get it. Oh, absolutely, it would. Uh, I absolutely agree with you about with Houston and Miami so much so that I have Miami beating Houston in the Sweet Sixteen. Ooh, well done, Bo. Uh, I have Miami beating Houston in the Sweet Sixteen, but I also have them losing to the Longhorns in the Elite Eight. I have Texas coming out of the Midwest. Now, that's going to break my bracket or make my bracket. We'll find out here over the next couple of (laughs) weeks. (laughs) Uh, The West, you know, uh, clearly I agree with you because my my Elite Eight matchups out of the West are Kansas, UConn, Gonzaga, and UCLA. Uh, I have UCLA coming out of this over Kansas in that Elite Eight matchup. Um, Another another good point. The lineup of this, this is great how well we're done. So we definitely know none of this is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then the East, I've got Duke making it to the regional final. I do. Uh, you got I, Okay. But but I have them losing to Marquette. I like Marquette coming out of the East. So it makes my final four, of course, Alabama, Marquette, Texas, UCLA, and I have Texas and Alabama in the national championship game. Like that. Like that. Like that. So um, on the spot, I'm going to throw this at you and see how you respond. Do you have a double-digit team? You know, we always love seeing the double-digit team that can reach. Maybe not the regional final, but get at least a couple wins in. You got one that you're like, you know what? This is my Cinderella. You know, that's a good question. I I, I've really struggled. I guess probably... The closest one I've got is I've got that Charleston squad coming out of the, the San Diego matchup. They're my 12, and I have them losing to Virginia in the next round. Um, I really, you know, I don't think I do. I actually, I, I went really chalky 
with my brackets. I really just, chalky. There you go. I mean, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I love to pick the uh, the upsets. And I've got some upsets in here. I mean, I've got Boise State over Northwestern. I've got, uh, let's see, I've got Providence beating Kentucky in the first round because I'm not sold on that Kentucky defense whatsoever. Uh, I think FA, I think FAU can surprise some people against Memphis in that first round game. Uh, so I've got some upsets, but they don't go all the way into, say, the Sweet 16. So I, don't, I really don't have a run. What about you? What do you have? You got to have one. In I, so you threw you threw one good one. I like that Charleston squad as well. Um, they could give Alabama a run for their money. Um, you mentioned FAU. I like FAU, but Memphis. You remember Memphis just beat Houston mm-hmm. in that conference championship game. That's a Memphis squad that can beat Purdue. I, I, I'm not calling it, but that's one of if you're risky. If you got if you're more riskier than me, go for that one. Um, I'm real curious, and you know this is could be make or break. You know we always see. Not always, but sometimes we see a first four or last four that are playing last night and tonight move. Mm-hmm. Nevada. If watch Nevada, if Nevada can beat Arizona State tonight, they they could make some noise. But the one I'll go with is the one I kind of talked about it a minute ago. The Drake Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. If they can survive Miami, I feel good about them against Indiana mm-hmm. and having Drake go up against Houston. So Drake's the one. Yeah, Drake and Charleston. Those are the twos that I kind of like. You know, I, I tell you what. I mean, it, it really does look like it's going to be one heck of a fun tournament to me. Well, and that's the thing is it's because we don't have, like, these are good ones. These are solid twos. Um, this thing is all over the map, and that's why whenever this happens, I always love, you know, t- Thursday and Friday we get some double-digit wins. It's great and all. As long as the one through four is kind of are all playing in the next round, because when that happens, I know it's not as exciting. But the second weekend, when that happens, when it's chalky, that second weekend can get some really good basketball. Absolutely. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you that you're champion, uh, mainly because I don't want to. I don't want to reveal mine either. <laughs> so now, watch next week. Samantha will be back, and she's going to make us. She's like, who's your champion? Well, they're already out. <laughs> That's how that'll go. All right. Are you, anything else on the tournament here, Irby, before we get into the AL West preview? No, no. Just excited to do it. Excited to watch. Fill out your brackets. Sometimes picking the best colors are the best things to do. <laughs> All right. Here we go. The AL West preview. Boy, we are. we only have two divisions left. We're down to the AL and NL. West, that's how close opening day is, right? Like, like I'm watching one of the, the final pool games in the WBC while we, while we record the show. Or just a reminder, we record the show on Wednesday nights most weeks. Have it ready for you on Thursdays. So if you when you hear us say tonight or, uh, hey, I'm, I'm watching this, this WBC game, that's what we're talking about. But regardless, I've got that on. We're about to be out of pool play. We're going to get into the, into the nitty-gritty of the WBC. So regular season is upon us it's really really close uh but for now let's focus on the ao west so we got to start off with those those astros down in houston irby who won 106 games last year Fangraphs has them projected for 90 wins which i find interesting because that is a 16 win drop for houston now of course you know we've said this numerous times it's not the, you know, the, it's, it's the balance schedule now and blah, 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 blah. And they lost Verlander, but they're still bringing back relatively the same team. You've had some, some, some players swapped out here and there, but it's still basically the same team that won 106 games a year ago. And this is an Astros team that could probably benefit from being more balanced because the AL West has gotten better. I don't see where they lose 16 wins to drop all the way to 90. I'm having trouble with that. Do you have any idea here? Because I can't figure this out. Why would they drop from 106 wins to 90 when really all they lost was Verlander? And with that young pitching staff, they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I don't like this one at all. This almost feels like the product of when you were, you know, a month or a little over a month ago when we're handing out 90 plus wins to all five teams in the AL East. It's somewhere you got to take it away, and it's almost like that's what you did here, and that's not how this works. Just because you take it away there, um, I don't see it either. I, I'm with you. I, I I do think there's a step backwards, 
it has less to do. Yes, I mean Verlander gone. Sure, that that's a step backwards. You know, they, like you said, this is a good young rotation. I, you know, I'm for the few. Framber Valdez is proving to be their number one guy, and he can be that guy. So, yeah, the rotation's fine. Like this is not a bad rotation. This is still a really good rotation. This is a playoff worthy rotation and bullpen and lineup and all those things and um. I mean, the outfield's basically the exact same. The infield, like all you're changing is dropping Guriel for a Brayu, and so yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand where you're getting the losses aside from the next four teams we're going to talk about, which it's really three teams because it's not Oakland. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think that's really a spoiler alert. But okay. Yeah, I know. Even for <laughs> Oakland, it's like yeah, we know who we are, <laughs> or do they? Um, it's because you're getting a little bit, you know, the, 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 the division is getting a little bit better. So that, sure, they, they, there's going to be a step. I don't see 106 wins. I don't see 100 wins. But a 16-game a drop, like, that is, you know, not. I, I'm curious to see what your other ones coming up here are because I feel like Fangraphs has got this getting a little bit too close with Seattle, Texas, and Los Angeles. So, yeah, I know – I. This is a still a really good Houston team. Like them or not, Bill, however you want, there's still some good baseball here. It is actually interesting what Fangraphs did here. I will I will say that. Now, I mean, I, I think if, if I was playing a true over-under for the Astros, I would probably set the number at 96. That's probably where, where I would set it. Like, because like, you know, then you get that argument, okay, are they are they a hundred win team? Are they a ninety-five win team? Either way, they're winning the West with those numbers. Right? So they're going to win the West. They're going to they're going to be in the playoffs. There's no question about that. But ninety just it just seems a little drastic. But you know it is it is what it is. Um, I'm here for it though. I, totally here for them taking a 16 well, game drop I mean, off. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna turn our analyst cap or take our analyst caps off for a second, just go on pure fan. Yes, please. Yeah. Totally down with them. Like I almost were like, can y'all drop in the eighties just to see ooh, what happened here? That, that would be fantastic. Not gonna happen, <laughs> but it would be fantastic. Like it's got to be for that to happen. It's got to be the rotation because I I don't see this lineup between having Maldonado behind the plate, uh-huh. adding a break. Like like it's not like Altuve and Bregman are gonna forget how to hit. I. I Jeremy Pena, sure, maybe a step back, but not that big of a step back. You know, it, yonder, I mean, obviously injuries can make the issue here, and that's the thing. It's got to be the rotation because it's good, but it is young. It's very young. It's very young, but as young as it is, there, there's some serious service time in place already. I think your Quiddy's at, what, three years? Valdez might be the youngest, but I think he's got a couple years now. I mean, yeah, it's it's young, but they came up young. They've been in the league for a year or two now. Like it's not like they're breaking in rookies. So, I don't know. It's it's almost like they took all all of Verlander's wins and took him out of the Astros column because because apparently that's how it works. Well, it's not how it works. But he he didn't even pitch all of last year. That's what's crazy. <laughs> this is but whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, we're gonna do over under. Uh, I'm fairly certain I know what yours is. Uh, over under ninety wins. I want to say under, but no, I'm going to go over. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I just can't. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll will it into the universe, but no, I don't see this team. Uh, uh, I think your ninety six is a solid number. So yeah, that right in there. I, I don't. I don't. I don't have it at a hundred. They won't get to a hundred, but they'll be in the mid upper nineties. Yeah, I think they fall at ninety six, ninety seven, maybe ninety nine. Yeah, I, th- I think that's where they're at, which is probably going to be good enough for the top seed in the American League as well. All right. Number two, playoff team for the first time since we were in college. Uh, the Seattle Mariners projected for 85 wins by Fangrass. 85 wins. So let's talk about the Mariners here for a second before we get into the over-under. Uh, they finally make the playoffs. First time since 2001. You would think they would have followed that up with something, right? Like, like you know, because obviously the team wasn't good enough. They got trounced in the playoffs, 
right? They make it out of the wild card round, which is all great. That's all fine and dandy. But then they ran into Houston and got steamrolled by the Astros, starting with that, you know, late game heroics in game one that just seemed to, to take the entire series, right? You got to get better than that if you want to do more than just make the playoffs. And, I, and we've always wondered this, I think, with Seattle. Is just making the playoffs enough for that baseball team? Is it just, is, is that enough? Right, because they finally do it. They finally make it. And they've done nothing this offseason to make it better. In fact, they may have made it worse. So where what are you doing, Seattle? I think is my question to you, Irby. I know that's a difficult question to answer. I they did make it worse. And and, and let's do the positive first and get it out of the way. Yes, adding T. Oscar Hernandez to your lineup is a good thing. That is that is a good addition. That is a nice piece to have out there. <clears throat> With that said, like he I, I, I would almost – I prefer Mitch Henniger. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. I, I This is – damn, this is risky. Like, I, 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 I kind of want to say I get what they're doing, but you're putting a lot of this hope, this offensive hope, in the fact that two seasons of – very poor baseball, and I say poor just because we're at the tip of the sword, but poor baseball from Jared Kelnick is suddenly going to turn around. I don't know where the hell you think you're getting that from. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Jared, Jared Kelnick is not suddenly going to go, okay, I'm here. Let's do this. I, I don't I, I, I hate saying the kid's a bust, but he's not what you thought he'd be. Julio Rodriguez is that one worked out well. Well done. But JP Crawford, no, he's not going to have another season like that. You know, Ty France, sure, yeah. I, your your hope is going. I mean, Suarez and and Julio Rodriguez, yes, awesome, great, that is wonderful. And but, dang man, it's just to give away pitching to get T. Oscar Hernandez when you could have re-signed Mitch Canner. I I don't know. I don't. I don't. This this feels like exactly what you said, Bo. You know, we made the postseason, and that's the target. The target is the postseason because. I don't, I don't understand some of these, the, the moves that you made. Like, why not go bigger splash? You have the money. You can't tell me you don't have the right. money. Yeah. You have the money to go get some of these splashes, and you don't. Instead, you do this stuff via trades, and that's how you're like, well, yeah, look, we've gotten Castillo and Suarez and, and Teoscar via trades. Like, yes, that's awesome. There's another way to get it. Like, like you can bring in the young talent like Julio Rodriguez, and you can trade for talent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's a third way you can add to yourself. And when you have a 90-win team, and I'm getting my, you know, that my blood pressure is getting a little high, and it's, it's weird <laughs> because I don't even really give a crap. But when you have a 90-win team and you do this by doing nothing, I yeah, I mean, just continue. It's, it's, it's the nice way of saying, and I'm sorry, Seattle fans, but it is a nice way of saying, well, we know we don't have to do anything because what are they going to do? No one's going anywhere. Like, okay. like, there's no, like, like I, no. See, see, now you're channeling the Reds front office. <laughs> Only in this case, Seattle's fans really don't have, they don't well, have but, a but team Seattle, But see, <laughs> but that's the difference is the Reds at least will come out and say, Seattle's like, well, no, look, we added to Oscar Hernandez. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's like, yeah, but what did you give up? Well, then don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Like, we added him. Like, yes, that's great. But. What did you give up? And that's the problem I have is that you, you, you frame the story one way of, yes, you're, you added to your major league roster by subtracting from your major league roster. Mm-hmm. Okay? Big boys, when they are ready to start winning, add to their major league roster by subtracting from their minor league roster. Right. Seattle, for whatever freaking reason, doesn't like to do that. And I don't – I mean, it's whatever. Hey. <laughs> It's it's almost like that they find that the money for a player in each generation, right? They found the money for King Felix. Found the money. What actually they didn't find the money for Junior. They ended they ended up dealing him. They let A Rod walk. This is obviously going way back. You kids, you kids today have no idea what Seattle used to be for, in terms of a baseball town. Um, 
that all that all happened. Are we are we absolutely convinced that it's not going to happen with J Rod? Does, does that mean that that the Mariners have like 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 uh, he was a rookie this year, so they have five years of control left, which means they're going to deal him in four. So they got a four year window to do something, and they're not off to the best start. No, nope. yeah, I mean, it, it, no, you're right, and that's and we can sit here today, and you can look at somebody like Julio and go, no, oh, he's not going anywhere, and and not and, and no, well, they've got longer because remember he he signed the long term. Oh, contract. that's right, he did, he yeah. did. Thank you. I thought that. Okay. Yeah. So he's. That's right. I, and, but then there's the thing. That's what's crazy, and so this is where your point, and and, and I'm glad you almost said it that way, is because yes, everybody listening, yes, we realize that. The, he has signed this long-term contract, basically paying him twenty million dollars a year, and then he's got what is it, five eighteen million dollar player options? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened on paper. But here's you know, there's paper, and then there's real life, and here's what Seattle does, and Seattle is going to be looking at that and going, how can we move on from that? And I know that is crazy to say right now, and right now there's no signs pointing at it, but history repeats itself, and that's what I'm looking at is if you haven't won something in that timeline, you're going to be looking on how can we move on this and get something else. And, and, and that's, the, I mean, because it's, yes, it's, Julio Rodriguez should be here a while. You know, I, I, I would want to, as a Seattle fan, he's like telling my kids, yes, go get his jersey because you'll be able to wear that jersey for years mm-hmm. and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be one of those. But because it's Seattle, I can't do that. I think he's there for a while. I absolutely would bet on it, but I don't trust you around you, you as in front office around to continue to do the things to add around him to make him better. Okay. Because I look at a lineup that is projected this season and I look at a lineup that was projected last year and it's not great. And the problem is, is Seattle's offense last year at times was not great, but you had guys like the Jets Winkers and the Adam Frazier's, who knew how to get on base. They may not have been high batting averages, but they knew how to get on base and they knew how to move runners around. And I look at what you have now and Colton Long, this is not Colton Long of five years ago. You know, I, I sure, Tiasco Hernandez, great, awesome. Yes, that's a nice addition, but you took away stuff to get it. And, and I can't wait, Kelly, I already said Kelly, but I mean, A.J. Pollock as well, but yes, that's a nice piece to add. If he's not replacing somebody, you add A.J. Pollock to add depth to what you already have. Seattle's not doing that. You're using him to basically go, yeah, A.J. Pollock is this year's Jess Winker. Mm-hmm. Best of luck. <laughs> you know, we're actually, <clears throat> as baseball fans, we're lucky Seattle made it to the playoffs last year because there is there is something that's worse than – you know, constantly moving on and, you know, dealing, dealing J-Rod here in a few years because, you know, they're starting over for the 500th time since 2001. There is something worse, and we've already seen it in Seattle. We're going to talk about it with our next team here in a second. A talent like Julio Rodriguez being wasted in baseball Siberia, just like King Felix was. King Felix was one of the best pitchers in the game, if not the best pitcher in the game for a very long time. Never got to see him in October baseball. And you look at what the other teams in this division have done, you look at the rest of the league, and then you look at Seattle, and you don't see a playoff team. Not this year, not next year, or the year after that. They're going to get passed, if not by if not by the Rangers this year, by somebody else in the American League for that wild card spot because they're not catching Houston. And we're going to have another stretch where we have a, a, a one of the more talented players in Major League Baseball, and we never see him in October. That's worse to me than some of the other the other scenarios we've talked about so far. Well, if he, if they don't get it right right now with Julio, he may he may go the Mike Trout route and make the playoffs for rookie year, and then we spend a decade of mm-hmm. y'all going to do anything. I mean, it, 
don't get me wrong. As a Ranger fan, I appreciate it. Y'all keep it up. Just keep doing what you're doing. But not fair to you. Baseball is better off when the Julio Rodriguez's are playing under the brightest lights. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we're not talking about the All-Star game, kids. Nah, we're talking about actual, honest-to-God, playoff baseball. All right. Um, the over-under, once again, for Seattle was 85 wins. Irby taking the over or the under? Ooh. 85, and they were 90 last year. Hmm. I'm going to stay over, but it's it's just barely going to be over, like 86, 87. Because I, I, I think Seattle takes a step back. I don't think it's a huge step back because you do have some real talent on there. Um. I mean, I, I, and the sad thing is that Seattle could pull off 90 wins this season and be happy with, look at that, back-to-back seasons of 90. It's like, yeah, you're not getting better. You're, you're just holding your ground. Like, get better. Just, just be better. I think 85 is about right. But if I have to go over under, I'm going to go under. I'm going to do 84. I'm bullish. Oh, wow, going under. Yikes, wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying what you're selling up there in Seattle, Mr. DePoto. I'm not buying it. All right. Next on this list, as just you know, as I just previously teased a couple of minutes ago, we're going to talk about the Angels here. Um, I don't think, Irby, that, that this is going to be a year where the on-the-field product can distract from the fact that this is Atani's walk year. So let's just talk about Atani's walk year, shall we? Because... You got it. The greatest player any of us have ever seen in Atani. Just because of his ability to pitch and hit and play the outfield. Like, like, the, like it, this, this is the type of stuff we don't see anymore because baseball is very specialized. He's on a team that he's been with. This is his fifth year. All five years they've underachieved. All five years his talent has been wasted in an organization that badly needs new ownership to stop spinning their wheels and actually come out of the mud that they've gotten themselves into. They're not going to trade him. I think that's pretty obvious to everybody, even though in terms of the organization and, and, and rebooting that farm system and getting some real talent in, maybe they should. But, you know, Samantha has said this many times in our off-the-air chats, and I agree with her. You're not going to get the value you need. So the Angels are kind of stuck. They're going to have to just enjoy Atani for one more year and then watch him sign somewhere else. But that's really the only talking point when it comes to the Angels this year. What was their big signing? Was it Anderson? They, they, They... didn't really get an upgrade in the rotation. They just got a guy. What else have they done? Really nothing. Coming off a year where they started off hot and then turned into a pumpkin about May. So, maybe, just maybe, they'll put it together and make a run in Natani's last year. But from my vantage point, man, it, it looks to me like... We're about to get a Tani, hopefully, on a contending team so we can see him in October baseball because it's not happening in Southern California, at least not with the Angels. Nope, it won't happen this year. You know, Tani, I'm excited to see what happens. He won't get traded either. Um, I think ownership, who won't move on from ownership, has made that very clear. Um, In a weird statement that makes sense, but for all the wrong reasons, and that's, I'm not, that's not me. That was Samantha's worrying of very well said of, you know, an ownership who is, yeah, he's a once in a generation talent. We're going to be so thankful to have had him. And that's true. And and it's one more year of it. So enjoy it and all that. And then he's moving on and he will probably stay out West, but he won't be an angel anymore because the people close enough to him know that. Uh, I know Mike Trout said he in, in the public is going to do everything he can to keep him. Probably in private is saying something else. You Darvish, I'm sure, is you know someone he looks up to is saying the exact same thing. There's absolutely no reason for him to stay. Like why? Why? Nothing about this. 
nothing about this makes you think that they're about to turn this around. And it's, again, being a fan of the next team that we're going to talk about, the Rangers, I, I love it because it makes it easier to compete against. But, you know, we, we, we joke about it on here about, you know, here's the stuff I would do, the, you know, all this and that. And in and, and reality is if I was a general manager, I would probably cry myself to sleep most nights because <laughs> as soon as you make a trade or something, they're like, oh, my gosh, I hope this works out or I'm fired. Because um, it is an incredibly difficult job to do. And most of the time I can sit here and, and I know you guys are the same. Like, oh, I would, if I was in that, I would do this and that. But this is one of those few times where I don't have a problem sitting here and saying that if you gave me control and it's can't do this this year because you're screwed already. You know, you're, you're Titanic right now and the boiler rooms are flooding. Mm-hmm. It's going yeah. under. It's all over. Earlier, before you hit the iceberg, before you're an idiot and didn't pay attention and keep lots of whatever, slow down. Um, earlier, if you'd have put me at the helm of the Titanic, or in this case, maybe the general manager of the Angels, I could win with this team. If you can give me the number one and number two best players in a sport, I can win with that. Anybody should be able to win with that. Mm-hmm. So, so if I can win with that as someone who does emergency management <laughs> at a county level, which I love my job, but if I can do that, then the people here, there's no absolutely no excuse. And let's make it even worse, adding talent like Anthony Rendon, seeing the success that you saw last year from Taylor Ward and Jared Wall, I mean, come on. No excuse whatsoever. This is absolutely inexcusable what the Angels are doing. And if I'm a fan, I am beyond frustrated because Shohei Otani is going to walk Yep. because you can't figure out how to win with the number one and number two talents. I mean, we could go through sport after sport after sport after sport, and one and two, you win. Period. Mm-hmm. Sport. Teams, doesn't matter. Number one and number two best players, you win. It doesn't take a lot around. And I know baseball is different from everything else, but it's not like you have to add much. And to have an offseason, I mean, it's I, I don't know what the plan is. I'm assuming the reason why you did this only Tyler Anderson and I mean the other big piece you're talking about is Hunter Renfro, which is a nice addition. It's too damn late. You're doing all this because you believe, no, 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 no. We cool. We're going to be able to bring him back. He's going to see what we're doing, and we're going to offer so much money. No. Like, like there's nothing. There is nothing since 2002 to make anyone believe that you guys can build something that can last. Uh-huh. All right, so we're, I'm actually going to I'm gonna throw a, a – I'm going to throw a wrinkle at you here, buddy. We're going to play two different sets of, of over-under here. So let's start with the Angels' record. Uh, Fangrass is projecting them to win 84 games this year. So over-under, 84 games. 84 wins. Under. I'm also taking the under. Now, here's the more fun one. Shohei Atani's next contract. Total value. I'm talking... All of it, the whole shebang, deferred money, backload, front load, whatever. Total compensation in Shohei Tani's next contract. The over under for that is going to be set at four hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, the San Francisco Giants will go over. I think there's going to be a few teams that'll go over that. I, you know, we talked about this a little bit on Sunday, and I, I agree. I, you know, Samantha put it out there first, and the more I've thought about it. The more I agree, I think he's our first $500 million man. If not, pretty close. But, yes, I'm going. Uh, yeah, and, and, no, the Giants is my pick, too. I think he's a Giant next year. Ooh. Boy, that would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right, let's get down <clears throat> to those Rangers. Uh, you know, this is this is an interesting team for me, Irby. Not just because you know, of, of my, my biases that I, that I freely admit I have, but the ceiling and the floor for this team, at least, at least in my, in my current view, because it, it evolves, it's evolved. It, it, it's evolved even today over the course of the day today. 
I'm viewing the ceiling at 75. Or excuse me, the floor at 75. And the ceiling, I'm going to give it 90. Now, there's a lot of ifs that have to happen for this team to get up that high. Starting with that rotation, you're gonna, you have to have 30 starts from each of the top five. That includes Mr. DeGrom and Eovaldi and Gray and Martin Perez and Odorizzi. You're going to have to have 30 starts from each one of them. Not, not 30 from three, 30 from all five. The bullpen is going to have to be better than it was last year, which frankly, it shouldn't be as burnt out by May as it was last year, so that's going to help. You're also relying on Josh Young to take that step. You're relying on Mitch Garver to be that big of a improvement at catcher and somehow figuring out left field. So there's a lot of ifs. That's why it's such a wide margin between their floor and their ceiling. Now, I could be wrong. You're going to tell me if I'm wrong, I'm sure. I, I love the boldness. Because um, it's, yeah, when you, when you say 90, I'm sitting here going, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. But based upon yeah, what you're saying, if you can get the full seasons, and it doesn't have to be full seasons. Like the, like the DL stints have to be short. You know, miss a couple starts here and there. Okay, stuff happens. You know I mean? Like, gosh, we talked about, like, you know, yes, on a video game mode where you could turn the injuries off to Grom, Uvalde, Heaney, Gray, and Perez. Uh, that's great because that, your one, two from last year are, are four and five this year. Obviously, that's better. Yeah. Um, and we've seen, uh, the, you know, all the young pitching talent, you know, the hope of moving forward. Cole Reagans is doing it. He's not just saying it. He's doing it. Um, I think he's past Dane Dunning in that rotation. So that's great. And bullpen, yeah, you added Will Smith. Good job. Nice nice little pickup there. Jonathan Hernandez is healthy this year. We saw mm-hmm. solid things from him in 2021 and misses all of 2022. Or not all, but, but a good chunk of it. So, yeah, and, and Josh Young, like you said, time to – Put up or shut up time. Like, you know, I, the, the, there's Ezekiel Duran and Josh Smith did an okay job holding down third, and they will keep improving and take it away from you. So time to get the job done. So, yeah, I get the 90. I don't I, – I, my ceiling's not that high. I'm in the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also not as I, – I don't know. I, I love it, and, and thank you for throwing it out there. And That's a much better number. Um, <laughs> Again, it's the ceiling. Not my well, my floor is always lower just because <laughs> I look at all this and I'm like, okay, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. Well, you're like, Mr. Negative. Yeah, no, you know, is it negative or, you know, or or what's, the Mark, what's the Mark Twain line? A pessimist is a well-informed optimist. Yeah, that's me. I, I live in that world. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, let's, I'm here for that 90 though. <laughs> oh, we all are. We all are. Are they going to reach? But you know what's crazy? No. Like that's, because <laughs> that's the same number that they think Houston's going to do. Is like, yeah, there's the uh-huh. Houston this year. Everybody no. calm down. Well, no, but Houston's going to be, Houston's going to be around the 97, 98 win range. Um, at the end of the day, I, th- I think Texas is, is a 500 team. I don't know how far above 500, but I think they're at least a 500 team. So they're falling right in the middle of my range, which is where they should fall. You know, you, you put together a good range, you know, where you actually think they're going to fall should be right in the middle. So I don't know. There, there's a lot of ifs. And, and you know how I feel about a team that's got a lot of ifs. Ifs don't win jack shit. So are they going to get there? No. But I do have their ceiling there because if everything actually did for once break right, it could be a very interesting year. In Arlington. Now, is it more of a leap towards contention type season for Texas? Is it more of a big step back into the mix? Yes. Well, and it's also what what's different about, you know, a good chunk of it last year with the, the big signings of Seeger and Simeon and Gray as well. And then what we see this year as well, it's the, the Groms and, and Uvalde stuff like it. It's, it, this isn't a team full of one-year deals. Yeah, you've got like Robbie Grossman who might be making noise, Will Smith, who's players that you're going to rely to get some innings, to get some at bats, to knock in some runs, stuff like that. Sure, but it's building with success of the multi-year deals. 
Um, and, and you have to do both to be successful. But Texas in the last few years hasn't been doing that. So it's nice to see them building this stuff that if it is successful, if it takes a step forward, you're like, great, awesome. These guys are back next year. Yeah. And they still have money. They still have pros- prospect prospects prospects to go get something else. I don't think it happens this year. I don't think it happens in July. I don't expect the Rangers to be buyers at all unless the right player, like, you know, with two and a half years of control type thing comes along. Then you might see it. But a lot can play between now and the end of July. But it's nice to see that if you continue to take the steps forward, it's full of players that are going to be back next year. So you build that core and you can build from it because again, like you said, the big ifs, if it works, mm-hmm. if and not, it doesn't have to be everybody that you've added, but if the, if the majority, if the not 50%, but the two thirds majority of these players work out the next off season, you have another successful off season of trades or free agency adding in here, 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 and here, suddenly you have a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they're a year away. Just to be clear, you know, I mean, I, I did, yeah, I did float. 90 wins is my ceiling, and that is my ceiling. But there's a reason why they call it a ceiling. Like, that's, <laughs> that's it's, a lot has to happen for that to get there. No, they're still a year away. I'm not, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, right? But, you know, it's not just the fact they have money, Irby. You look at guys that are locked up, where they're locked up, the prospects that are blocked, those prospects that are blocked turn into multiple pieces for a big trade right at the winter meetings in December later this year. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways this can go. Uh, this year, I think they're a 500 team. So, that being said, Fangraphs agrees with me, kind of. They've got them projected for 83 wins. So where are you at here, Irby? You're going to take the over or the under? 83 is a good number. Wow. 80. That's a good number. I mean, I, I'm perfectly okay calling it a push. Because that might be where they end up. Yeah. That is. And I, does Chris Young have, like, ownership in, in Fangraphs or something? Negative 16 for the Astros, plus 15 for the Rangers. Like, there it is right there. Obviously, <laughs> the Rangers are going to dominate Houston is what we're saying here. And that's all that changes. Um, again, I'm here for that. <laughs> totally okay with that. Hey, we've done it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not against this. Totally on board. Um, I will take the under on that 83 just because I'm the same as you, the 81. 80, 80, 81. 81 is my goal. 81 is a get to that 500. 82 is awesome. And everything after that is gravy. Yeah, 81, 82, that's the target. That's the target. And that is, you know, there's some health that have got to work in that direction. There's some youth that have got to take some more steps forward. But this is a base, you know, just after what I just said, if this is a Rangers team that gets 81, 82 wins, yeah, they're, you're, you're a good offseason away from, mm-hmm. from pushing 90 next pushing season. 90, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I'm actually going to take the under as well, but I'm going to give them that one above 500. I'm giving them 82. Because why not? That's just one. Totally here for it. Just please. (laughs) One extra start from DeGrom there in September gets him to 82. You know, that one last start. All right. (laughs) One more to go. I mean, this is kind of a major league team uh, that we're going to talk about, although their their AAA facility is is better. Again, more on that to come. This is the second week in a row, by the way. I think we've mentioned that on the air. More on that to come. our, Our opening day extravaganza show we're planning. You're going to hear a lot about the A's AAA team because they have better facilities than the Major League team. But again, that's neither here nor there. You'll hear about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, For now, let's talk about that big league club. I can't call it Major League. I can't. Big league club in Oakland. This has to be where they bottom out, right, Irby? Like, like you know, they, they've they've been they've been removing from the Major League roster now for a couple of years. There's not a lot left. Uh, that's major league caliber on that roster. There's not a lot. So this really should be where they lose a massive amount of games, play a lot of kids, 
see what you can work with and what you can't and take and, and start to, to come out from the rubble. But for now it's the bottom of the rubble. Am I right? Um, yeah. Based on trends of how these things work, um, Oakland baseball is very similar to El Nino and it's very predictable, predictable what years <laughs> it's drought, and what years we get floods. Um, and, and this is, this is the drought, you know, last year was a drought 60 win team. Uh, yeah, this is going to be another 100-plus loss team. Um, this is another drought year. But this is that point where we start seeing names and we start seeing players that you go, ooh, mm-hmm. <gasps> ooh, because Oakland's the one that won't be afraid to trade to Seth Browns. Right. Um, they, they won't be, you know, Hasey Argular can re- revitalize his career. They'll do that in a heartbeat. Um, I mean, Loriano is the one. I know Samantha's big on that. Get him out of there um, for his sake. So they won't be afraid to do that, unlike some of these other ones. They will make those moves. You better believe it. They, they probably, I, I wonder if they even tell the guys, hey, if you can have a good season, we'll get you out of here. <laughs> um, but, yes, this is the, this is, this, I, this is the, I think this is going to be the low point. Um, and just how we see how the cycle works in Oakland, um, that this is as bad as it gets, and then we start 2024 is when you start seeing, you can start seeing the pieces being put together again. You know, you almost have to hope, if you're an A's fan, that this is the bottom out year, because if not, then you're in for, you're in for a couple of years of just awful baseball. You know, it's just, just the type that's just hard to watch, and, and, and no matter how big of a fan you are, no matter how, how much you love the game and you love your team so bad that even those can't watch it. Those fans can't watch it. That's where we're at with Oakland. This is going to be well, bad. the other thing too, if to keep in mind is, is these guys are in is Oakland. They are real smart about when they kind of put it all together based upon what's around their division. And with Houston doing what they are, if the Rangers take a step forward, you know, they don't have in the past. Oakland's had Seattle down there. To go, cool, we just have to worry about catching two, three teams. We don't have to worry about these guys. You don't have another bottom dweller. You know, as, as bad as it is for the Angels, we all said that, that everyone else is staying above. And if the Rangers take another step forward, suddenly you're the only one without anything in the near, near future looking better. So that's where it can get scary for Oakland fans where this could be the long rebuild. All right. Oakland is projected for 70 wins. How you feel about that, Irby? You taking the over or the under on that 70 wins for this Oakland A's team? I this is the the easiest under ever, right? <laughs> like like I mean, and now it makes sense. 16 game drop off from the Astros and you're giving a plus 15 to Texas and a plus 10 to Oakland? <laughs> plus 10. Like like look at this lineup up and down. I mean, my gosh, even their opening day starter, Paul Blackburn's already hurt. So, you know, another drop of that. No, 70? Seven what zero. about this lineup? What about this rotation? This bull, What about this team tells you, oh, yeah, that's plus 10. That, that's 10 games better. <laughs> See, I would go the other direction. I would say 10 games worse. I, I think there's a better chance they get, they, they're at 50 wins than 70. Yeah. Yeah. First, I I think just obviously nothing is certain, but I'm pretty confident in saying that Oakland is not going to make it to 60 wins. Like they're not going to do it. They're going to be worse than they were last year. I mean, <laughs> if we didn't have the lottery anymore, I'd say that. Or if we did, if we if we didn't have the lottery, not say anymore. Uh, I would suggest, I, w- I would throw it out there that Oakland is your slam dunk number one overall pick in next year's draft. That's how bad this team is. So for anyone to say they're going to get to 70, uh-uh. I'm not buying that. Even if they played yeah, they, at an awful division, I wouldn't buy that. No, your best chance of 70 is somehow getting Kyler Murray to show back up. I don't know if that would be helpful. I guess it could be, but he hasn't played in so long. Well, it's I, aren't there less Call of Duty tournaments during baseball season? I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. No. Wow. <laughs> All 
right, before we go then, one more question and and we'll call it a we'll call it a week uh, and gear up for our NL West preview coming next week. Um, we've gone through the American League now. Which division is the most interesting? Not the best, not the craziest, the most interesting to you. East, Central, or West? Uh, yeah, I got to go East um, just because of that. You know, it's what we talk about where, you know, the graphs are showing, you know, mid, everybody almost in the 90s wins. Uh, not going to happen, but even all up in there. I, I mean, it, it has the possibility. I don't think this will happen, but it has the possibility of having five teams above 500. Like, that's not the craziest statement in the world. I don't think it will happen again. I'm saying that, but you four teams did it last year, and the fifth one, the Red Sox, were only six games under 500. So you you do have the possibility of having five teams. Like it's not the craziest statement to say all five teams above 500, and that's just not something you see in sports. Period. You know anywhere. So that I, that's what intrigues me. There is that I think New York takes a step, a little bit of a step back. And the Baltimore's and the Boston, everyone's moving. Like, like the gap between first and fifth is not huge, and mm-hmm. because of that, it really comes down to those individual series as they all play with each other. Because a few of them don't go your way, and and I makes for a lot of fun on this end. You know, I'm I'm, I'm actually going to absolutely agree with you uh, on, on this. Um, not necessarily because I mean, you know, all five teams above five hundred. That's kind of cool. Um, it's the one division where you don't have a clear cut who is challenging last year's winner, right? You don't, we don't really know. We don't, we know someone's going to challenge the Yankees. We don't know which one, right? You look at the central, who's going to, who's going to challenge the guardians. If anyone does, it'll be the, 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 well, maybe no, not the white Sox, maybe the twins. Right, but that's a different argument. That's 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 four teams that you don't think are, have have a chance to challenge that Guardians team in the East. You actually have teams that can challenge the Yankees. We just don't know which one is going to actually challenge. Which one's going to is going to push them? It may even be a couple of them that push. You look at the West. Seattle's liable to come back. Texas isn't ready yet. The Angels are going to take a step back, and the A's are the A's. So the East, you really don't know. Who's going to challenge the Yankees? And that, for me, is very interesting. Because now I'm watching not just two teams in the American League East. I'm watching four. I'm trying to pinpoint, you know, right around May, June, July, which is it going to be two of those teams, three of those teams, or just one of those teams is actually going to challenge the Yankees? That's interesting to me. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's what's fun about that division is that I, I, we can sit here on paper and tell you who, but last year we did the same thing and we didn't have New York winning that division. And they did. They took great steps and they got the job done. And I <laughs> Did they get better? Possibly. I don't think they're a 99-win team when we talked about that, but everyone else there, I, it's the floor. That's a fun one. Like if we did floor and ceiling with all five teams just to see the overlap and how many different combinations of one through five that we could have. Yeah. It's going to be fun out there in the East. All right. Anything else on the West before we call it a night? And a week. No, no, no. It's it's fun to watch. Um, you know, Seattle, I, as hard as I am on them, I hope they do continue to take steps forward because it is better when guys like Julio Rodriguez are out there playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where you look at the Rangers, what they're building, and they have players like that too, that baseball is better if you've got October games with, Jacob DeGrom and Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Yeah, and there's some young players throughout the league that are coming up about to make that name for themselves as well. So, All right. Well, no time capsule this week. That's okay. It's going to be back next week along with Samantha for our NL West preview. So we have that on tap for next week. Two weeks from now is our opening day extravaganza man that's how close we are to baseball season guys it's just a couple more weeks to our big opening day show we do it every year we love doing it every year it's a lot of fun but for now we're out of here 
Don't forget to like, subscribe. Help us out with that algorithm for the show. Help us get some more listeners for next week. But until then, watch the World Baseball Classic. It's getting good, man.